better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this new year's day edition of the podcast and what a better way to start the new year than reflecting on our predictions for the year kyle welcome thank you joe happy new year and uh we're getting down to the end of bowl season. I got to be honest, I didn't watch any of the New Year's <laughs> Eve bowls at all. Same. I don't think I'm going to watch any of the New Year's Day bowls today. <laughs> well, no, it's like people are sh- are stunned that Texas shellacked Utah. Utah Texas, was on oh, was okay. on the cusp if of if they would have beat Oregon. Yeah. They could have had a college football playoff argument and then they're going to go play on New Year's Eve. Against Texas, who's like seven and five, do you think they care? Well, and we learned about Texas in bowl games last year when they shellacked Georgia. When, you know, underachieving right. Texas beats good team in in the uh, bowl game uh, tradition like no other. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I just I'm, don't have. I'm the over time. the bowl game. <laughs> I don't have the time for it. I got to write scouting reports. You know, I'm watching players, but. There's diminishing returns on the value of my time spent watching bowl games uh, compared to trying to put these scouting reports out for the people, Kyle. So what we are doing today, we have very fun, special topic lined up. Uh, Joe, we are going to be discussing our preseason predictions for the NFL season. So what we have done is courtesy of our friends, over at playoffpredictors.com. I thought I was going to be off this site now that the season ends. I think I'm no, spending just no. as much time as I was before. As soon as the schedule uh, comes out, you're done. You're going to be done. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose you. Just keep cycling me through every day. <laughs> um, we picked every single game to be played in the NFL. We uh, picked the result of that game and came up with final records for all 32 teams in the NFL. And we picked the playoffs. I had playoff picks in here as well. I don't think we did that on the show, but I have our playoff picks as well. No, I think we did. So I have a full NFL draft order. I have every team. I have division standings from what we did in August. And now that it's the new year, we can reflect back upon the year 2019 and how bad or good our predictions were. So I think the big note we have to we have to say something right now. Yes, we we before the entire season happened, before even one game was played, we predicted the entire year without any information about how the ebbs and flows of the season were going to go. Correct, and assumed health for every team. Correct. Yeah. All right. Which we'll get into with some of these teams. Uh, So I guess we'll do we'll do quick surface level of divisions to start. Okay. So we'll start. In the AFC East, mm-hmm. we predicted the AFC East standings to look like New England, Buffalo, New York, and Miami. So far, so good. Nailed it. We predicted uh, the New England Patriots to be twelve and four, 
They finished 12 and 4. We predicted the Buffalo Bills to be t- uh, 8 and 8, and they finished 10 and 6. We predicted the New York Jets to be 7 and 9, they finished 7 and 9, and we predicted the Dolphins to be 3 and 13, they finished 5 and 11. So we we know our own division here, huh? We were within we were within two of every we had two teams exactly predicted and the others within two. And we undersold our own favorite teams. I think we had to. You know? Well, I also <laughs> y- if you had your way, Buffalo probably would have had 10 or 11 wins in August. I, I I think the one the one thing I remember about that discussion is I wanted the Tennessee game. You wouldn't let me have it. You wouldn't let me have the Jets in the opener and Tennessee on the road. And that and was they got, and they got both of those. They got both. Yeah, that would be my only right. real gripe because I think on my own on uh, locked on bills, I predict the bills to be nine and seven. Okay. So generally speaking, I mean we're we're two for four with perfect records in this and two games off for the other two, which will generally be speaking a be a, a theme for many of these teams. What do you think with the Dolphins? Right, they go five and eleven, yeah. which is. Yeah. Brother, that's five, that's an infinity times more wins than most people thought. Well, and we the three and thirteen prediction we made was before they traded Tunsil and Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and then, so they they achieved even more with worse yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I just don't I don't know I don't know how you could have predicted them to be five and eleven. No, but nobody did. Yeah, that's good coaching. It, you go back to August and there's like people that are are quoting personnel executives. Stating if Miami gets to to five or six wins this year, Brian Flores should win Coach of the Year. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> here we are. The Jets as well. Like uh, we nailed them at seven and nine, but uh, you know maybe things look a little different if the mono thing doesn't happen for Sam Darnold. So yeah, I guess it all evens out in the wash. Now, fun. We're changing. We're not going horizontal. We're going vertical. We're doing the NFC East now. Yeah. We predicted the final standings to be the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins. Nailed it. Fi- final <laughs> standings was Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins. Uh, what we didn't nail, Joe, was the top two teams in this division. Uh, we had Philly winning the division by a game, but we had Philly finishing 12 and four instead of nine and seven. And we had the Cowboys finishing 11 and five instead of eight and eight. I think they underachieved games too generous for both of these teams. Yeah. They underachieved man. I mean, like like those teams were better than those records and that's football. Sometimes you just, you don't, everything doesn't go your way. Um, We knew they were the best two teams in this division. We've thought very highly of them. Um, But yeah, I think they even, they underachieved for their nine and seven and eight and eight marks. And we had Philly won their last four, correct? Yeah, they were five and seven, finished nine and seven. Okay. Thanks. So they lost the Dolphins game. Yeah. And they lost the Patriots game. They lost the Atlanta at early home, in the year, too, right? What? We, but yeah, but we picked that one. I can't complain about yeah, that all one. All right. Thanks, Eagles, for that. Um, that was one of the four losses we had for them. Yeah, just, just kind of looking over what their schedule was. The, 12 and 4 was easily attainable for this team based on, you know, I know they have their flaws and, and Deshaun Jackson being hurt didn't help them. And Malik Jackson was out too. And yeah. So the process was good, but yeah. we missed the mark with the top two teams. We gave them both three games too much credit. Yeah. Uh, 
the Giants, we hit at four and twelve correctly, and Washington, uh, we actually gave one too many wins. Okay, I can live with it. Yes, what we cannot live with is the next division at hand, <laughs> yeah. the, A- the AFC North. Yeah. Uh, so we projected the Ravens to have a winning record this year, Joe, but we were still the second most disrespectful to Baltimore in the preseason because we had them at nine and seven and they finished 14 and two. So yeah. the five game discrepancy there is the second biggest one that we've or the third biggest discrepancy in either direction that we had this season. Um, obviously we predicted the standings to, to in the, the AFC North to go Cleveland and Pittsburgh, both at 10 and six Cleveland, taking the tiebreaker. Baltimore at nine and seven, Cincinnati at three and thirteen. Cincinnati, like we knew you were bad, we're not going to discuss you at all. But I think there's some pretty interesting conversation points here between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Yeah i I feel good about Pittsburgh to be honest with you because they got to eight and eight in a lot of the ways I thought they would, um, despite being down to like their third quarterback. I mean, Duck Hodges is terrible. Uh, they had injuries with their skill positions, you know, banged up all year long and defense carried the team. I mean, if, if Ben, I mean, if you, whatever the skill players are hurt, but you give me Ben, you don't think they get to 10 wins with that defense. Right. Yeah, they do. And then I'll say this about Cleveland. I think if I had it my way, I'd have been a lot closer to like seven or eight wins. You're right. So of the, of the teams that we've given too much credit to, or given not enough to thus far in the year through three divisions, you were closer to being right on Buffalo with your preseason opinions and met me in the middle. And you were closer to being right with Cleveland and met me in the middle. Yeah. Actually, I, I mean, don't even know if you met me in the middle. No, I didn't. I definitely didn't, wins. but <laughs> I just wasn't going to, I knew I wasn't going to win that argument, but I think there's, there's going to be teams here that we'll get to that. I definitely oversold. We're just, we haven't got there yet, but Cleveland was one I was just never comfortable with. Yep. It was all Freddie. And then the more I dug into it after this, this season went along, I did a bunch of work on John Dorsey and I'm like, no, nah, this is John this, Dorsey. This you really kind of F this up. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have done this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I write that article, you know, and Jimmy Haslam writes it, uh, reads it and he gets canned the next day. You know, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, well, <laughs> it's the, the, with great power comes great responsibility as they say. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm looking at Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, games that we did not give Baltimore included a game against Pittsburgh that we we gave Pittsburgh the win in the week five game. Now that game went to overtime, but, but mm-hmm. Baltimore won. If we told you before the year, you're not going to have Ben Roethlisberger for that game. I think we'd at least change the the reflection of that game. Yeah, I I think so. And we had a hard we we were very cautious about giving divisional opponents both wins. Yeah, I mean that it, it was a big talking point for us. But I mean, mm-hmm. even if you change that one alone, then we have Pittsburgh at nine and seven, and Baltimore at ten and six. And Baltimore would have won the division in that scenario for us. So I think nobody could have possibly predicted Baltimore was going to click the way that they had that they have this year with off the the yeah. offensive explosion that they have and it seems like every personnel and coaching decision that they made worked right so credit to them for doing so yeah and, uh, i don't feel bad about being 
lower on Baltimore. And I think if you take the Ben Roethlisberger injury into consideration, we we probably would have had him at 10 and six. So at least a little bit more respectful than the nine and seven. We did give them back in August. I'm good. Yep. I agree. All right. Uh, NFC North. Now we correctly predicted the green Bay Packers to win this division. That's the good news. We also predicted the Detroit Lions to finish in last place, but we did have the Bears and Vikings swapped uh, for the two and three. So our predicted standings in the NFC North were the Green Bay Packers winning at 11 and five, the Chicago Bears finishing second, technically a tie for first at 11 and five, the Minnesota Vikings at nine and seven. And the Detroit Lions last at five and eleven. So, what do you have for me? Well, I was I was happy that we believed in the bounce back for Green Bay. Um, yeah. So that that was something I liked, and I liked that we had Detroit. We, you know, some people believed in this. You know, oh, Matt Patricia, genius. He's in year two. He's got his players on defense. Nah, you know, they were a bad team. And they started off hot. I was real nervous when they started 2-0-1 with a win over the Eagles. I mean, for Minnesota, we were within a game. We had them at 9-7. They finished 10-6. There's nothing to be upset about there. The challenging team was Chicago Bears, right? They're coming off that 12-4 year, win the division. Mitch shows some promise. They play good defense. And you thought that they could, you know, maybe not replicate 12-4, but didn't – maybe we didn't see the regression – coming as clearly as maybe some of the signs were with how often that defense scored and you know that Mitch was he he was more of a product of a of of that scheme but you know it's it, it was tough for us to I think it was tough it's tough to an- anticipate that and we we didn't and and I mean at the end of the day they fell three games they they still got to 8 and 8 they Mitch missed some time um maybe we should have considered more the defensive coordinator shift and, you know, they lost uh, Bryce Callahan and um, some of those things, but they were still good on defense. But and I, the Bears is the black eye in this division. But they they weren't. They weren't the 2017 or the, the 2018 Bears defense, you know, as mm-hmm. far as turnovers. said, did you see their drop off in interceptions? Yeah, tremendous. It was like close to 20. Yeah. Like more than between 15 and 20 less interceptions this year than last year. You take that and then you take the regression that Mitch Trubisky has, and you can easily find a three game discrepancy from where Chicago was versus where we thought they were. But I think the question goes back to how could we have predicted that? You can. And that's why I don't, I don't feel bad about predicting three winning teams in the NFC North with green Bay winning Minnesota being nine and seven, Chicago didn't generate as many turnovers and had worse quarterback play yeah. than what we thought they would. Okay. You know, I can move on with my life looking at a division to say we get, we didn't give Green Bay enough wins by two. We didn't give Minnesota enough wins by one. Detroit, we had it five and 11 and were too nice to. And Chicago just had two extenuating circumstances in major components of their football team that they had more regression mm-hmm. than we thought they would. Yeah, and I think when you're predicting records, sometimes it's hard to like give the team the benefit of the doubt so many times. Like 13 wins out of 16 is a ton of wins, man. Right. 
you know, you like sit here and really start asking yourself some hard questions as yeah. far as like, mm, is this right? <laughs> right. Right. Law of averages has to kick in here at some point, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Personally, I don't know much about 13 and three. So <laughs> <laughs> to, me, to me, that's like a killer record, man. I know I, three and 13. Yeah. I can tell you about that. <laughs> All you want to know I'm having a hard time with 10 and six, brother. Five. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Can't wait for the, uh, the year, uh, the year 2020 regression and everybody's going to freak out and Buffalo will probably go like nine and seven. Cause they got a tough schedule and yeah, they do. You know? They, they, yeah. And that's the narrative with the bills right now already. Everyone's saying the bills are just the 2017 Jags, the 2018 bears, and it'll be the 2019 bills and this bucket of overachieving teams that regress mightily the next year. But, and they do, they face the, the, the NFC West, right? So that's, that's yeah. And they face the AFC West and then uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. So, I mean, that's a lot better than they played this year. Seemingly, right? Seemingly. We don't know. Year to year, it's weird. All right. Let's shift gears here. Yep. yep. We're actually making good time, Joe. I'm I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I do believe it. All right. So, we're in the AFC South. And our projected standings in the AFC South were the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nailed it. Yeah, we did. Our, pre- our predictions. We predicted the Houston Texans to finish the season at 10 and 6. Boom. We predicted the Tennessee Titans to finish the year at 7 and 9. We predicted the Indianapolis Colts to finish the year at 7 and 9. Boom. And we predicted the Jacksonville Jaguars to finish the year at 4 and 12. So, again, just like the AFC East, we have two teams that we hit their direct their record directly on the nose, and we have two other teams in which we did not give them two enough wins. Thinking about Tennessee, that's the one that kind of jumps out because this is a 9-7 and seven playoff team that played really good from about week five on, or week six on. And how were we like supposed to... Yeah, how were we supposed like to know that Ryan Tannehill was going to come in... How do we know that Ryan Tannehill was going to come in and be the top 10 pick he was drafted to be? <laughs> you know, we're going off yeah. of what we can come up with here and Marcus Mariota and what type of player he is. And you know, we like this defense. We like this roster. But at the end of the day, you, you feel like you're a little bit limited with Mariota, which wound up being true. Yeah. Indy, I, I think I'm proud of that Indy pick. You know, that was a tough team to really figure out how – Things were going to advance for them with the sudden retirement of Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett stepping in and having enough belief in the coaching staff, but still understanding there's a lot to overcome for any team, you know, for Belichick, whoever. I think I think there's a lot to be said for for us now in that one. And then Jacksonville, like. I think we knew they were going to be bad, um, but, you know, maybe they were a little worse than we thought. Uh, here's, here's the fix right here. We gave the Bengals a win over the Jaguars. Didn't happen. Did not happen. The Bengals, the Bengals beat who? The the Jets and the, and the, the Browns week 17. Like I tried oh, to geez. tell you they would last weekend. I didn't forget that one from Friday. Did I fight you on that? Yeah. He said, I don't think so. I don't, <laughs> I can't see it. I can't. Right. Right. From a talent perspective, you really can't see it. You know, Kyle? Well, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So this was this and the AFC East were our probably our two most consistent and clean divisions as far as making projections. 
Yeah, things get a little sloppy here over these next three, huh? Well, uh, only really on a couple teams, though. There's three That's teams true. that are problem teams for us. Yeah, but there are uh, three three of our biggest ones. Three of our four biggest ones. Yeah, well, we're getting there. So let's mm-hmm. go NFC South. The final order in the NFC South uh, was the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers. We projected the final standings to be the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we had the bottom two teams flip-flopped here. Uh, Some big discrepancies in record, though. We have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, We projected them to finish 13-3. and They did. That's good. Uh, We projected the Atlanta Falcons, Joe, to be the five seed in the NFC playoffs at 12-4. and They finished seven and nine. We're going to come back to them in just a hot sec. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we projected to finish five and 11. And in fourth, they finished seven and nine. And in third, they were better by two games. The Carolina Panthers finished the year uh, five and 11. We projected them to seven and nine. Uh, We gave them two games too much credit. Two questions for you. The first one is, if I would have told you that Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions this year, what would you have told me their record would have been? Uh, probably f- five or less. <laughs> so for them to get to seven wins with that schedule, right, plus 30 Jameis picks, I mean, hell of a job there, Mr. Bruce Arians, in your yeah, one. Yeah, let's let's go about, circle back to that Bruce Arian quotes. They said, can you, can you win with uh... – a different quarterback, and Bruce says, if we can win with this quarterback, absolutely we can win with another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, not wrong. He's not wrong. They, James <laughs> threw seven pick sixes this year. Seven. If I would have told you that Cam Newton would try to play through the first two games of the year completely not healthy and then miss the next 14, what would you have told me the Carolina Panthers record was as knowing that we predicted them to be seven to nine? Uh, they would have been close to probably four and 12 for me. <laughs> right. So I think there was two things with those two teams. We haven't even got to the Falcons who we really botched um, with those two teams that I'm, I'm pretty happy that we were as close as we were. Yeah, man. And even geez. I'm just looking over the Falcons' schedule. I feel I feel good about our vibe on the other two teams, especially Joe. Remember how we we said we had Carolina set up to do the same thing they did last year? Yeah, we had that conversation. We had the Panthers starting the year six and two, and then went one and yep one and seven for the final seven games of the season. And they went five and two and finished five and eleven. Yeah. So we we had a nice vibe on the Panthers as far yeah. as their schedule, um, but obviously Cam missing almost the entire year has a, a hand to play in, in the records at hand. So I know we nailed the, the Saints, but I'm curious what three games did we have them losing? Okay. And I'd like to I want to compare that to the ones they actually lost because that's interesting okay. to me. So we had the Saints losing Week Four to the Cowboys. We were week wrong. seven, Week Seven to the Bears. Wrong. And week 13 to the Falcons on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. So we definitely got the wrong three games. They lost to the Rams, hey, Falcons. To be fair, they lost to the Falcons. Yeah. But they lost to the Falcons at home coming off the bye week 10, which makes absolutely yeah, zero sense. That's that's, a, that's an anomaly there. 
<laughs> All right, can we can we talk about the Falcons? This one's on me. I I'll, I'll take a lot of cr- I I will gloat about my disbelief in the Browns, but I was in on that Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I love this team. Uh, I blame Ben Solak just a little bit because he tells me about how good he thinks Atlanta is and how well they stack up against Philly. But at the end of the day, we oversold this team. Well, I mean, they did stack up well against Philly because they beat Philly. But <laughs> that is true. It's <laughs> makes the, no sense. Yeah, man. they beat Philly. They beat the the Saints. And how bad was this team at midseason? And then they turn around and finish seven and nine. Like, it's like, oh, Dan Quinn might get fired. Let's actually start playing. (laughs) They kind of did the same thing last year. And we thought injuries, you know, we blamed a lot on injuries. But Mm -hmm. this team, I mean, they they beat the 49ers, Kyle. They beat the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Saints. And the Saints. And they beat the Saints in the Superdome. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And they beat the 49ers in San Francisco. They were six and two over their last eight. One and seven over their first eight. Listen, one and seven to six and two. If they don't fudge around in the first half of the year, we might have been on to something. I mean, what a I mean, they lost to like the Cardinals. But then I mean, look at their early they didn't lose to they lost to the Cardinals and Rams in those first seven games. Then they the rest was all playoff teams. Oh, the Colts. Yeah, maybe it's not too good. And they lost to the Mariota Titans. Bad. Those those two are unforgivable. Yeah, it's bad. And if he if you gave him those, we're still too high. We're still yeah. way too high. So I don't know. I, I a, it's a weird team. I I really can't vibe on what the difference was to that degree that you can go six and two, playing good football and beating playoff teams, versus the beginning of the year you're getting shellacked by <laughs> losing teams. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it speaks to that when they play at the level that they're capable of, they can be a very good team. They, mm. they did it. They did it at the end of the year for eight games. But this is one so, of our black guys. I'm going to put the Falcons at eight and eight next year until they. Oh, yeah, they're they're not. There's <laughs> zero benefit, the benefit of the, of the doubt. This none. Time around. None. Nope. Sorry. All right. Uh, let's go to the AFC West here. Things look pretty good until the, the bottom of the division, Joe. Uh, the final standings in the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders now. Yep. Can't wait to get that wrong for the next oh, two years. We will. Yep. And the LA Chargers. I still get that one wrong. So <laughs> Good job great. there, though. Yeah. Uh, our projected standings were Kansas City, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Our projected Records for these teams. Kansas City, we projected to go 12 and 4. They did. The Denver Broncos, we projected them to go 6 and 10. They went 7 and 9, and they got hot to get there. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, we projected to go 4 and 12. They also went 7 and 9, just like the Broncos. And the LA Chargers. Oh, the LA Chargers. <laughs> we projected the Chargers to finish the year at 11 and 5. And they finished the year at 5-11. and 11. Six games different. This team was the team we were the most wrong about as far as giving too many wins. This is, this is I think, the Chargers were my, were exactly how you approach the Browns is how I approach the Chargers. And I think you had enough caution there with the Chargers. You tried to talk me out of a lot of stuff. So I think this is the one that stands out to me where maybe – I can say not nah, that that 10 and 6 that we predicted for Cleveland I don't take a whole lot of responsibility for that. 
I take all the responsibility for this Chargers 11 and five. So it's like the blood is on my hands for the Browns. The blood is on your hand for yes. the Chargers and the blood is on both of our hands for the Falcons. <laughs> right. I think that's fair for based on where we're at with this discussion. And I, I just like so much about this team and some of the young talent, obviously uh, injuries were really bad. And what, I mean, what was their record in one score games? I mean, they just, they, they were in a that's one score game every right single now. week and then they just couldn't win. They just couldn't win, man. And so it's not like they were getting their asses kicked. They were overcoming a lot of guys being gone. Derwin James, Russell Okung. Um, they lost nine games that were one score football. Yeah, I mean, what the hell's that, you know? But that's kind of been the Chargers and for a long time, though. They went two and nine in one score football games this year. It sucks. So there it is. I mean, they're they're right in it, but they didn't win. So when did um, when did Melvin Gordon come back? I don't remember. Week five or six. I can look that up. Just because I'm, they had a stretch of four consecutive games with less than forty rushing yards this year. <laughs> That's not going to be helpful. All right. So Melvin Gordon played in uh, twelve games this year. So I'd assume okay, he came so he back missed, in he, first. Oh, quarter. there. You, okay, there you go. Uh, so if he missed the first four games, he missed the Colts, Lions, Texans, and Dolphins. He came back, and that started the stretch of four consecutive games with less than forty rushing yards. Yeah, I think because they were they were humming with Eckler, like they had yeah. they were fine. And then I think it's it's hard when you you have a piece like that that you're counting on, and then you don't have him. You don't have any idea when he's going to be back. You kind of kind of get comfortable with your guys. You develop that timing and rhythm, and it's like okay, now we got to. We're four games into this, and we got to re-figure out how we're going to balance out the rushing attack. That's bad for the football team. Yeah, they went one and three in that stretch, and the only win was a seventeen sixteen win against the Bears, in which they had eleven first downs and two hundred and thirty one yards of total offense, and they won the game. That Melvin Gordon didn't get a contract extension. The Chargers had to figure out how to play offense. I mean, nobody won here. Nobody won in Melvin Gordon's holdout. Right. What a waste of time. All right. Uh, do we have anything to say about I mean, Kansas City, we nailed them on the button. We had them at 12 and 4. Yeah, proud of that. Den- Denver's right around where we thought they were. Oakland overachieved by three games versus what we thought they would in the preseason. Good for them, man. You know, I mean, playing so many young players, and I don't think they love what they're getting from Derek Carr right now. Josh Jacobs had a great year. But, like, good for them. That's a team that genuinely I don't – I wouldn't have felt comfortable predicting to be 7-9, and nine, and they went out and did it. So, mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Looks Interested like, to see uh, how they evolve. Gruden continuing to get, get get guys for his system. Yeah. Now go get some athletic linebackers and let's talk. <laughs> All right, Joe, it's time. The NFC West. <laughs> Our projected standings in the NFC West, this was the division that we were the most incorrect on. Uh, San Francisco, Seattle, L.A., Arizona, final standings. Uh, The good news is we got half the teams of this division in the right placement in the standings. We got Seattle in second and Arizona in last. We had the Rams winning this division and we had San Francisco finishing third in this division. Let's get into the records. Uh, San Francisco, we've openly admitted this since what? About week oh, six? It's a weekly uh, part of the podcast. Yeah. 
we projected the San Francisco 49ers to be much like the past two editions <laughs> of the San Francisco 49ers and finish the year at 5 and 11. They finished the year at 13 and 3. Our biggest miss from a disrespe- disrespect standpoint. Wonk, 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 Them wonk, and the wonk. Baltimore Ravens are the, the two. <laughs> But at least we we predicted Baltimore to have a winning record. At least yeah, San Francisco, we predicting five and eleven versus thirteen and three is <laughs> about as bad as you're going to get. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, we projected to finish ten and six. They finished eleven and five. Proud of that. The L.A. Rams, we projected to go twelve and four. They finished nine and seven. And the Arizona Cardinals, we projected to go two and fourteen, and we projected to, or and they finished ten five and one. Uh, proud of that Seahawks prediction for sure. Um, I remember having those discussions like, yeah, we don't really like this team, but man, they got Russ Wilson and I think that's good for nine or 10 wins. Yeah. We (laughs) had a miss in the playoffs at 10 and six. So yeah, I'm not, I think we did fine there. I think about the Rams, you know, and I think the Rams and the bears are two teams that really stand out to me in terms of maybe there were enough signs there to project a regression and we just didn't do it. Um, and that's tough, you know, because I think that is somewhat bold, but I think next year it's one of those things where, Hey, there's four new playoff teams every year for the last 30 years. We got to do a little bit better job of identifying some of that, those teams that might regress at the expense of pissing off some people. Um, but the Rams were a team that there were signs there. There definitely was that this team wasn't going to be back to that Super Bowl caliber team that they were in 2018. San Francisco. Um, much like Baltimore, as far as there were some reasons to have optimism, uh, San Francisco, from my perspective, I don't want to speak to you and your point of view on that team was more of a, you have to show me first yeah, yeah, because they've had generally speaking, a lot of the same core the last few years, obviously quarterback play is something that they've struggled with, but Kyle Shanahan scratched and clawed. and got quality quarterback play out of Nick Mullins. It's at stretches in 2018. So it was, I, I need you guys to start winning games. Like you've been winning them in December, the past two years, because you've won like one game before December in the last two years combined. Mm-hmm. So props to San Francisco for staying patient with their build. Right. And Kyle Shanahan and then the quote unquote team culture and the, the, the roster rebuild and, and some of their roster moves really seem like they clicked as far as the defensive line. And that being one of the identities of this football team and how it really allows guys like Fred Warner to really shine behind him. Um, Kella Witherspoon played well for stretches of this season. I know he did not finish the year strong. He actually played pretty bad during the last month of the year or so. Uh, so that's something to watch for San Francisco in the playoffs. Um, but this team started 8-0 and finished the year 5-3 and uh, to finish 13-3 and and have the number one seed in the NFC. Any reaction to Arizona? I think, I mean, 5-10-1, they were... We predicted them at 2-14. and 14. Did we... Un, do you feel like we undersold anything there? Or maybe they um, won a couple of tight games that well, could have went either was, way. I think it was the unknown of, of Cliff, right? It's like, yeah, well, tough. Cliff, you got you got fired at Texas Tech, bud. Like, <laughs> now you're, you're going to come coach in the NFL. And generally speaking, the offense has looked a lot better with Kyler and Cliff. And, and they're a team next year for me 
that I'm going to have the same mentality that I had with San Francisco this year. I'm not saying Arizona is going to go 13 and three next year. I'm saying I need to see it from Arizona. Well, and defensively, this team was so bad, right? I mean, Cliff and Cliff and the offense, whatever, but like the job that Vance Joseph did with this defense, terrible. And they kind of had like some veterans in place, like some funky signings throughout the course of the free agency period. And like, I'm like, you're bringing in a lot of vets here. Like, is this going to be a good defense? And then Vance Joseph continues to be a bad defensive coordinator. And that's not what Cliff could have. He couldn't have that. He needed, he he needed needed Wade Phillips, you know, in year Mm -hmm. one of Sean McVay. And he didn't get that at all. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so to recap, Joe, we had we correctly predicted the record of eight teams in twenty five percent of the league in, in August. Um, we were within two games of the the actual record in August of twenty one out of thirty two teams in the NFL. Mm. There were only five teams in which we were off by more than three games. So I'm pretty pleased. You know, you're never going to get it perfect, and there's so much, like you mentioned, injuries and and the human element of this thing and teams that just everything clicks. Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of the case with San Francisco and Baltimore, the, two, the only two teams that we were off uh, as far as from a disrespect level of more than three games. I wish we would have done this for like the last four years. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun, right? Yeah, like I'm, look, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for 2020 now. Yeah. Uh, now, real quick, uh, I don't know. It, have you seen what Ben Albright does with his preseason picks? No. He says he will donate $100 for every division winner he gets wrong and every playoff spot that he gets wrong. So, like, if he had the team in the playoffs and they didn't make the playoffs, he donates a hundred bucks. I'm not trying to donate triple triple figures for every time I'm wrong because I'd I'd be bankrupt pretty damn quick. But I did think it would be fun for us to look at from a playoff picture what our predictions were versus not not work through the playoffs. Yeah. Let's let's maybe revisit that after the end of the playoffs, but uh, see what our playoff picture looked like entering the wild card weekend versus what we actually got. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm in. Okay, so so our AFC seedings where the Patriots is the one and the Chiefs is the two. Actually, let's do division winners first. Uh, we had the Browns winning the AFC North. We had the Texans winning the AFC South. We had the Patriots winning the AFC East. We had the Chiefs winning the AFC West. We're three, three or four. Yep. We had the Packers winning the NFC East. North, we've had the Saints winning the NFC South. We had the Eagles winning the NFC East and the Rams winning the NFC West. Three out of four. So we were six out of eight division winners before the season. Very good. Wildcard teams. Our AFC wildcard teams were the LA Chargers at 11 and five and the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10 and six. So we were wrong on one. We were wrong on both. Wait, what? what I missed it. What do you come on? Pay attention here, Joe. Come on. <laughs> the LA Chargers were the or five seed, and the Steelers were our six seed. Okay, so it was Bills and Titans. Yeah, so we were right. zero for two in the wild card picture on the. So we got half the playoff teams right in the AFC. Three out of six. Uh, yes, three out All of right. six. Our wild card teams in the NFC: the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears. Ah, uh, okay. 
So we were 0 for 2 on the wild cards on both sides. So we have half the playoff field correct. So we went 6 out of 12 with playoffs. Now, to be fair, we had the Seahawks missing at 10 and 6. It was right there for us to take. And I want to do better Vikings, on that next year. And we had the Vikings at 9 and 7. We had both teams in the NFC that did not get wild card spots we had with winning records. Well, we did with uh, uh, freaking Titans. Um, I want to do better. on. I, I'm fine with 6 of 8 on division winners. I want to be like 8 of 12 on the playoffs. Yeah, you want to strive to have a, a good final. Oh, here you go. You ready for this? I guess. If we would have picked the Vikings to beat the Bears in one game, we would have got Minnesota in the playoffs at 10 and 6, and Chicago would have been out. What if we would have picked the Bills to beat the Titans? <laughs> well, no, because Buffalo would still be 9 and 7, and we have the Chargers at 11 and 5, and the Steelers at 10 and 6. Punks. So it wouldn't have happened. Punks, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This was a lot of fun looking back, and, and I'm okay with where we were at, Joe. I thought, generally speaking, we were within two games of the record of, of two-thirds of the league. We got six out of eight division winners right, and we got half the playoff field right in August. I'll take it. Come back tomorrow for another episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Really appreciate you guys carving some time out of your New Year's Day. Uh, Happy New Year to you all, and here's to 2020 being the best year of the Draft Dudes yet. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.